clearly what you have to do also in your pop-up shop is to create that action right you have to do a call to action when you people come into your store it's not only about selling it may not even be about selling maybe about creating an experience where they're actually interacting with your brand welcome to 2x e-commerce the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and i Renee, answers them also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing so if you work in or own an online retail business listen in get involved join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth so on inbound marketing strategies how do you beat amazon natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website i personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all my favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kunay Campbell. Let's get rolling. Behind on planning for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Clavio is here to help. Clavio is a growth marketing platform chosen by the innovative direct-to-consumer brands you love. And the results speak for themselves. Those brands have made more than $3.7 billion in revenue through Clavio in the last year alone. With the holiday season right around the corner, Clavio has created the ultimate planning guide for crushing those holiday revenue targets. From marketing creative to segmentation strategy, there's still time to implement proven tactics for more personalized marketing. Take charge and own your customer experience. Whether you're a billion-dollar business or starting up, Clavio is the growth marketing platform to help you win this holiday season. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to get Clavio's holiday planning guide. Remember, that is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Hey guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is a podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. So if you're looking to grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, traffic, and ultimately sales, you just listen in because um, there's there's massive value. Um, and, you know, I bring in, you know, guests that'll help you grow. You know, So they will give you one or two insights you take away um, that you could, you know, take action with and, you know, rapidly grow your e-commerce businesses. Um, if you haven't already, before I introduce today's guest, um, join us on our Facebook group. It is the e-commerce growth accelerator. Um, just jump into Facebook e-commerce growth accelerator or jump onto the 2x e-commerce website and there is a link there which is um which 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 just has joined which is captioned join our community and you'll be taken straight to the facebook group to join um so we can make this a two-way conversation and um you know you can meet all the very interesting listeners to the show bang so on today's episode i have you know with me linda Farha. she is the founder of a platform that connects um, retailers such as yourselves, you know, online retailers, e-commerce, you know, retailers or, you know, direct to consumer businesses and brands to pop-up stores right across North America. Okay. So it's, it's super interesting um, because 
we all need to be taking and focusing on um, a an omni-channel, you know, approach to to retail. We're not just e-commerce businesses. We are retailers. You know, we sell. We we sell. We buy stock or we we build our stock and we sell. And you know, se- selling should not just be via Facebook or you know Google ads. And and so that is why we're really 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 focusing. You know, on omni-channel. Um, you know, retail. Now, um, without further ado, I will like to welcome Linda to the show. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Fantastic. Um, I probably haven't done you sufficient justice because um, you you wear a few hats. Um, I, I believe your your background is um, from a marketing and communication agency, and um, you built out. Um, you, 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 you built out, you know, um, you know, this platform off the back of um, um, the need. You saw, you saw the need. You saw the need to to, to, to actually um, for, for 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 online retailers, for for retailers in general, to to find pop up stores. So please take a minute or two to introduce yourself. Sure. So uh, Linda Farah, uh, my company is actually Zenergy Communications and Zenergy Communications founded Pop-Up Go. Uh, Zenergy basically is an integrated communications and marketing company. And we work throughout North America, servicing a multitude of different customers from retailers to shopping centers to manufacturers. So we really touch a lot of different grounds. And through that experience, we've had a lot of opportunities whereby people would ask us, can you help me find a location to do a brand activation so we can actually connect directly to consumers? And so that's where Pop-Up Go started. And Pop-Up Go started about three years ago, um, whereby we did what we tell our clients not to do and threw a website together and said, okay, here is an environment where people can list available spaces so that activations can be, you know, can, individuals can find a location to do their activations. So it's a matchmaking platform for people looking for a space, for those who have a space. Um, so that in essence, that's what Pop-Up Go does. And it's supported by Zenergy Communications Services. So Pop-Up Go does the match and then Zenergy supports the matchmaking with any sort of social media, PR, whatever is required to kind of ensure that the activation is successful. Interesting. So you search and somebody physically from, uh, from, from Zenith Communication actually ensures that it's a right fit. Well, Pop-Up Go does that. Pop-Up Go does that. For example, I'll give you an example. We get clients that are online players, such as a lot of your customers that are e-commerce, um, people that, uh, you know, companies that have never tried brick and mortars, mortar and they want to actually see, you know, they want to actually see what it's like to communicate directly in person with a customer. So they'll connect with us uh, through our website. Maybe they found a location, let's say in New York City, but they're not quite sure that that's the right location for them. Uh, So they'll connect and then we'll help them um, navigate through our site and through our connections that may not be on our site to help them find the proper location that fits the demographics that they're trying to, you know, attract and talk to. Um, And then if they need more support, we'll provide them with a PR and social media and all that kind of stuff that's provided by Zenergy Communications. So it's kind of the, the, the two company approach. Awesome. Awesome. So have you seen, um, a transition from, um, pop-up so people who've experimented pop-up for the first time and then that's like a validation. The, the validation leads to a transition to full-time retail. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, people do pop-ups for a variety of reasons. Sometimes they do a pop-up because they fully intend to not be, uh, you know, full-time retailers, but they really want to connect and get statistical information, understand what makes their consumer, you know, interested in their product, you know, really get business intelligence. So that's one reason why somebody will do a pop-up. Sometimes they're doing a pop-up because they want to actually test a specific location. Maybe we're talking about Soho in New York and in Manhattan, and they want to know, you know, is Soho really appropriate for them? Will they actually have the sales that they're trying to generate or the traction that they're trying to generate from that particular location. And so they may test. And then if it does really work out for a certain period of time, then they may actually become a permanent retailer at, in that location. So a lot of times it's about testing the location and testing brick and mortar all together. Um, and a lot of times people are doing these activations. Um, they may not do phenomenally well on the selling side of things in their store, but they're seeing that there's a huge traction online because now all of a sudden the connection of consumers with their brand, you know, is translating into online sales. Okay. 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 Makes sense. Brilliant. So we have, um, you know, three major intentions for, for trees and pop-ups, business intelligence, which is, you know, super important, um, testing locations in case you want to, before you, you make a huge investment and, you know, testing brick and mortar, you know, all t- together, which, which is, which is, which is also really, really important. So what metrics, you know, um, besides sales, should you be looking at when you open up a pop-up store? Well, we always say that when you're doing a pop-up store or any sort of marketing initiative, because really the pop-up store is a, is a part of your marketing mix. Um, it's to really understand what are your objectives? Are you, what is your ultimate goal? Are you trying to understand the end consumer? What are you trying to understand? But at the end of the day, whether it's, you know, um, whatever it may be, I would say that, you know, is it, how much traffic you're getting to your website, because now all of a sudden, maybe you're introducing your brand to a consumer that doesn't even know you exist. Uh, and you're, you know, you want to drive them to your website. Clearly what you have to do also in your pop-up shop is to create that action, right? You have to do a call to action. When you, people come into your store, it's not only about selling. It may not even be about selling, maybe about creating an experience where they're actually you know, interacting with your brand and you're creating a, a call to action where they have to go online to maybe get some sort of a, um, a discount code or they're going on Facebook or on some social platform to interact with your brand virtually. So it's about deciding what those elements are, what your objectives are, and then creating those metrics that you then measure. So it could also be website traffic, right? It yes. could be, you know, you're increasing an engagement on social because you're now you've got this presence and you're creating this environment where they're, they want to further, you know, interact with you beyond the store. Yes. Yes. I agree. What about, um, like footfall? Um, so is, is high footfall important, especially in connection to website traffic for, for, a for a pop-up? Well, okay. That's an interesting question. Of course, anybody that's looking for a pop-up shop uh, location, they always say, oh, you know, we want to make sure that there's, you know, high foot traffic or footfall. uh, And, uh, you know, we want a location that that will help us ensure that when we're there, we're going to have good traction right off the, you know, right off the gate, right out out of the gates. But at the end of the day, it depends on the brand. Clearly, you know, you definitely want to be somewhere where you've got a lot of footfall, but sometimes such as let's say 
you know, I live in Canada. So Justin Bieber, for example, he does a, a pop-up. Sometimes I'd like to actually find a place that's a little obscure and create that buzz and create that, you know, attraction to going to that maybe little off-centered or, you know, interesting location. But of course the brand has to have that pull. So, you know, exactly. I would say though, however, is that most people that do pop-ups, they cannot rely on the footfall itself. They have to do their own marketing. They have to do their own outreach because, you know, they need to let people know they exist and where they exactly. are. Okay. So um, let's talk about that specifically. Um, what do you need to do on digital um, through digital channels to ensure the success of your, um, your first pop-up store? Yeah. So, I mean, there are a number of different things, uh, certainly, you know, as simple as having online listings or a number of different places where you can list that you've got a pop-up happening in a certain location. People look at activations that are going on. You want to make sure that you actually, if you use Google, um, uh, uh, Google AdWords, or, you know, you have a campaign going on, you want to make sure that maybe you actually do uh, have content around that for your Google AdWord campaign and, and that you actually have content on your website that speaks about this pop-up. You also want to maybe do a press release about it, you know, and announce it um, to the media, have bloggers, you know, influencers present, uh, and maybe have influencers write about it prior to, uh, so that you've got traction from their followers. And clearly, of course, you want to use social, uh, your own social uh, channels, and boost your posts as much as you can targeting the specific audiences that you're trying to attract so that now you've got all these different people playing out for you. Clearly the media relations component uh, is interesting because there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of content online about different activity activations that are going on, different activities that are going on in different municipalities and so on. So get the media to speak on your behalf. So all of those elements, whether it's third party um, people or yourself speaking about yourself really helps to make sure that you, um, you get the message out. And certainly if you have a database uh, that you can actually email um, to, you know, kind of provoke people to kind of maybe do something that's a little bit um, catchy so that people don't know everything that you're going to be doing in the pop-up shop, but that, you know, you've got something that they would want to come to your physical location because you're providing something interesting, whether it's a, you know, a discount or an activation or a, you know, a special surprise or whatever it may be. Again, call a call to action is really critical. Yeah. So an experience, you lay in an experience into what's in it for them besides just, you know, coming to purchase and look at goods. Interesting. Um, what about, um, industries, you know, like verticals and retail, um, so sometimes when you're, you know, walking down, I don't know what, uh, so you, you, I don't know, you know, what stage this kind of business is at, but sometimes when you are, you know, on the streets, you could, maybe someone's trying to launch a new drink, for instance, a, a brand is trying to, to launch a new, they have um, individuals, you know, dressed in, um, you know, um, company, you know, um, gear, and um, then they bring out the cooler, you know, the drinks, and then they just distribute on the streets. Would you say like, um, you know, people who are selling, um, you know, um, consumables in, in that sense should set up a pop-up store or should they still, you know, be on the streets and selling? I know like fashion is really, really ideal for pop-up stores. Um, so, so what verticals in retail, um, you know, lend themselves really well to, 
to, to, to pop stores? Well, I think that uh, fashion is interesting. However, you can buy clothing online and you can return it. But when you, you know, for the experiential thing, what's, what seems to be trending a lot is in the food category. So mm-hmm. any kind of consumer, you know, like anything edible, like, you know, whether it's food or like you say, a new drink, um, also health and wellness. Um, it's about, you know, connecting with the brand. And sometimes clothing is great, but it's not the, it's not what's trending the most. Um, technology is really important as well. Um, so I would say food technology and, you know, health and wellness, um, you know, you've got different situations like, um, you know, the Peloton, Peloton, uh, bikes. I don't know if you've seen them. They do a lot of pop-ups. Why do they do a lot of pop-ups? Because people could try them out. You can't try them out. You can't order something online, get it to your home and try it out. So, but you can do that with clothing and easily return it. So it's more the inaccessible or the less accessible and more the types of things that people want an immediate kind of, um, interaction or immediate access to, um, there are pop-up shops too that are having to do with selling any products um, and have to do really with connecting with the brand like Google's done uh, pop-ups where they're not even selling any products, but they're really doing interactivity in terms of like, you know, they want you to interact with their brand and get closer to their brand by doing certain things. Um, And, you know, I would say that, you know, Apple does not do that, but there are people in, you know, Samsung has and certain companies have on the techs on the tech area. So, and then you have places that are just all about taking Instagrammable, Instagrammable photos, uh, you know, and interacting with the environment in, in a brand, but they're not actually selling anything other than the experience. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, what about um, the the experience, you know, in-store experience, you know, sort of um, the the styling of um, of the, the interior decoration and styling of the the, the stores themselves. Um, how do you not go overboard? How do you, you know, still um, deliver the experience you want um, at um, a reasonable with reasonable resources? And you know, still get customers to appreciate, you know, what you stand for, what you're trying to communicate to them. Mm-hmm. I think you really need to plan it out because there's no doubt that you can spend a lot of money. You want to make sure that your store does not look temporary though. Right. So I think it's about being clever and about being crafty in what you do. Certainly we provide that kind of a service whereby, you know, we understand what the budget is and we work with that budget and as best we can. Um, there are a lot of, you know, opportunities to get modular type, uh, you know, shelving and, you know, different kinds of, of, of furniture that's not all that difficult to, to kind of put together or to, to um, create an environment. It's really about, again, being crafty and about utilizing, you know, is your message about, and, you know, eco-conscious because you're an eco-conscious, you know, company or you, you know, you're very, it's, you know, obviously that's very important to people today. Uh, so maybe you create an environment where you're utilizing, you know, material that actually speaks to that and also matches your brand ethos. Right. But at the same time, you don't want it to be too crazy. Um, for example, we had, uh, we did a pop-up with Skittles and Skittles, they weren't selling anything other than, um, an experience. And they actually, you know, you'd actually come in and, uh, you'd find your last minute gift that was all wrapped up with, um, uh, by them, but everything in the store was Skittles. Um, it was wrapped in Skittles. Like basically they created this very cool environment, you know, whether it was a guitar, right? Like they 
basically made out of Skittles. But obviously they went a little overboard, but there's certainly a large brand that's owned by Mars. I think it's exactly. Mars. Um, so, you know, they, they really went all out. But, but then that makes their, their um, TV commercial where, you know, the chap t- touches anything and it turns to Skittles, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like that. But they created that environment. I mean, you that, know, that's only channel in, in that sense, you know, in the fact that um, it's, it's a single unified message, you know, across all channels. Right. Right. And, you know, as you say, like their, their TV spots and their online advertising and so on, all matches. Um, so really it's about the brand. Of course, some e-commerce players, maybe it's a startup, they don't have deep pockets, but you could create an environment where it's, it's decent and, and nice and clean and not off over the top. Of course, you need to have your payment processing platform already there, but that's fairly... Exactly. Easy. I was going to ask because, um, you know, I was thinking about non-US listeners, so people in, in the UK. So there's a brand here in the UK called Gymshark. Um, they were a global brand um, that gained recognition off the back of, you know, influencers. They're a fitness brand I'm based out in Birmingham, so about an hour from where I am now. And um, essentially, um, they don't have re- retail stores in the U S they just have pop-up stores. Um, so my question had to do with like, um, you know, um, companies listening to this episode outside of the U S trying to trial the U S market, trying to understand and, you know, gauge, get, you know, data, as you said, you know, um, you said business intelligence, essentially, mm-hmm. um, from the U S market. Um, what, what steps should they take? Um, obviously a lot of them would, not necessarily um, with 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 um, with with stuff like with with platforms like Square, yeah. um, Shopify, you know, POS. Um, I guess they can receive payments in in foreign um, in, in US dollars. But what steps should they take to plan, um, you know, pop up stores in the US or or even Canada? Yeah, I think it all it goes back to what I was saying originally, which is, you know, what are your what's your ultimate goal? What are you trying to achieve from your pop up? And then also understanding who your customer base is. You know, of course, North America is a large mass <laughs> and certainly Canada is different than the U.S. Um, and, you know, there are so many geographic areas. So, for example, if you know that your customer base is primarily somebody, you know, an, an urban person that is between, you know, a millennial or, you know, and has certain, you know, household income, then you're going to look at specific markets and, and then you'll work your way back. So for example, we have a client, they actually, they're, they're in the clothing industry and they've actually, they're an apparel company, but they've been wanting to do a lot of brick and mortar pop-ups. And what did they say? They said, okay, well, our customer base is generally somebody who lives in the South um, and who is a coastal living person is an older person. So we're looking at secondary markets. We're looking at places where, um, there are, you know, there's beach towns and so on. And we're looking at places where maybe it's not, not a street location. Maybe it's a strip mall, uh, because, you know, so we, you need to drill down and understand who's your customer. What are you trying to, again, what are you trying to achieve from your pop-up? Is this going to be a test to be, Uh, you know, full-time retailer, or do you want to do a pop-up tour across the country and be in five major um, metropolitan areas that fit your demographic? So it's really about understanding first what you're trying to achieve, who your customer is, and then figuring out where those locations match. 
I was about to wrap up, but when you talked about a pop-up tour, you know, that, that piqued my interest. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you, where do you start from? It seems, you know, like the, the work times five in, in the example you, 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 um, how, how do yeah. you deliver the, the best experience? Do you, do you, is, would, do you, do you put your kit, take your kit with you from one location to the other and then reset up or is everything just set up in parallel and you just move from location to location? Well, I mean, it, again, it depends on if you're doing, let's say sometimes some people do pop-up tours that are actually in shopping centers and they're doing what, what we call carts, what are, you know, basically they're not what they call inline stores, which is not like the stores that are, you know, step back, but there are carts that are in the lane, in the laneways where you're walking, you know, through the mall. Um, so if they do a cart like that, they could actually have a touring cart. Sometimes it's a pop-up actually in a bus. <laughs> so it's not a physical, like static location. And then other times, um, if it is a street location, clearly you need to have, try to define, you know, what's the square footage you want? How do you actually set that up? And, you know, you could easily rent the same thing across the country and not have to transport it, or you could buy it and then move along. Because at the end of the day, renting costs a lot of money. And oftentimes it's less expensive to purchase the, the whatever it is that you're using for furniture, et cetera, and just kind of set it up. But there are a lot of modular, uh, um, uh, you know, shelving and all sorts of things that are made for pop-up stores today. There's a lot out there today that is specifically designated for pop-up shops. So it's fairly easy to find. It's just a matter of using someone like pop-up go to help you kind of put all that stuff together and make it happen. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Cause I was going to ask that, um, what the majority of, um, you know, um, online retailers moving into, you know, um, you know, pop-up, stores do do they own or do they rent you know where do they keep their gear after you know a, a campaign <laughs> um, well that's a very interesting question I, th I think if they're planning on doing this on an ongoing basis they they find you know there are multiple storage places so to or they have their own warehouse right because yeah. at the end of the day there's but it depends you know there are so many variables right if it's a company out of the uk that has absolutely no presence in north america clearly you know there has to be a, a solution has to be found sometimes the shopping centers are actually possibly open if they love what, what's been done if it's a shopping center or if it's a street location they perhaps may say okay well you know what this looks great it'll help me get my next pop-up in here so why don't we just find a way to make a deal and keep keep the material in our store brilliant 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 um yeah i, I guess this pretty much you know wraps up um this episode um, is there any, are there any other tips you, any final, you know, um, tips you, you have, um, you, you want to, to give um, the audience? Sure. I think, um, pop-ups are basically part of a marketing mix and, definitely when you're looking to do a pop-up, you want to make sure that the journey, your customer's journey throughout their experience online and in person and in any way that you actually interact with them is, is, is on brand. You know, a lot of times we have, we work in silos and companies and we don't have that whole interconnectivity and you lose that brand essence if you don't make sure that it's always kept in mind. So, you know, the overarching message and the overarching look and feel of a, of a company, of a brand really needs to be kept the overarching, you know, essence of the company. As I was saying earlier, the whole, if you're a very eco-friendly company, make sure that it is actually when you're in the physical environment that you're actually 
exuding that and you're actually communicating it in the way that you've decorated your store and the way that you've actually communicated with people um and and make sure that you're even your staff you know a lot of times people hire people and they don't properly train them so that they don't speak the brand so it's all about if you're going to do it make sure that you speak the brand and that you communicate uh um the same way that you would online in and through uh digital experiences Brilliant. Thank you. Um, for people who want to follow you, um, I'm on your website now. It's popopgo.com. Are there any other social channels you are linked to it in the show notes? Maybe. Are there any other social channels you, um, you, 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 you're active on and um, people can follow you on? Well, I mean, all of our social channels through Pop Up Go are, are on our website. So Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and I would say um, LinkedIn. I'm certainly very active on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is a, is a great one as well. Um, and uh, yes, please have a look at our website. I think that uh, you'll find it very interesting. Well, definitely, you know, link through and um, yeah expect some people to come through too. Linda, thank you so much for coming on to X e-commerce podcast. Um, this has been a terrific show and uh, episode and um, I've learned quite a lot around pop-ups. Thank you very much for this experience. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X e-commerce. Remember you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2XEcommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.